it for me, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Wherefore, seeing we are also, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Uh-huh. Let us lay aside every weight. Uh-huh. And the sin which doth so easily beset us. Right. And let us run with patience. Let's run with patience. The race that, that race is set before that's us. set before us. Doing what? Looking unto Jesus. Looking. See, this is our problem, isn't it? We're not looking at Jesus. We're looking at our situations. Well, that's right. If you're, if you're depressed tonight, if you're worried tonight, it's because you've got your eyes on your problem. How could you look at Jesus and be worried? He's the victorious conqueror. He's the one that's never lost a battle. He's the one that's never made a mistake. Well, looking unto Jesus. The author and... He's he's what? The author. He's the author. Well, I like that. I like that. Anybody ever read a novel before? Anybody ever read the story of, uh, of an individual and you see them getting into a problem, into a situation, and you don't see any way out until you turn the page? used to spend time on the road we would listen to dramatized stories written by Louis L'Amour and he'd have that hero Chick Baudry or somebody I mean they'd be in a bind the enemy drag them out into the desert and they're about to die of thirst no way they're going to make it out of that situation and all of a sudden a bee flies by. And he realizes in his despair that if there's a bee, there's got to be some water close by. So he just follows that bee until he finds that, that little pond that he didn't know was there. Where did that bee come from? I'll tell you where it came from. The author wrote it into the story. Where did that pond come from? I'll tell you where it came from. The author wrote it into the story. And I'm telling you tonight that whatever you're going through, don't forget the author still has the pen in his hand. Don't forget the author is able to change the story. You don't think so? Just ask Moses when they're standing on the banks of the Red Sea. Where did that dry land come from? I'll tell you where it came from. The author wrote it into the story. That's where. The 
prophet of God is standing there and his servant says, alas, my master, we're surrounded. There's so many of the enemy around us, we don't have any hope. And the prophet said, Lord, open his eyes and let him see. And all of a sudden, the mountains, the hills are filled with an angelic host. Where did those angels come from? The author wrote them into the story. That's where. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you tonight, it doesn't matter what you're going through. He is still the author. And he is the finisher. Do you understand that? The devil doesn't get to finish the story. The devil doesn't get to declare how it ends. Let him take John the Beloved and throw him on the Isle of Patmos and leave him there to starve to death. But I'm going to tell you, God is able to finish that story in a different way than anybody ever imagined. Oh, hallelujah. Because John said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. God showed up on that island and begin to show him things? Well, praise God. I'm trying to help somebody tonight. We may not understand it all in this life, but we'll understand it better. Oh, hallelujah. I'm telling you, the day's coming. We're going to look back on it. We're going to understand it better. Oh, hallelujah. Why don't you lift up your head, saint of God? Why don't you lift up your head right now? There's nothing to be worried about. There's nothing to be discouraged about. Oh, we'll understand it better by and by. Anybody believe that? See, trials dark on every hand, and we cannot understand. All the ways that God will lead us to that blessed promised land. Open your guide us with his eye. So I'm gonna follow till I die. And I'll understand it better. I said I'll understand it better. You're going to understand it better. By and by. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, let's praise Him. Come on, let's praise Him.
love you, Jesus. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Get from me, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. I, I'm going to try to get to my notes maybe in just a minute, but i got to do what I'm feeling right now. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. What does that say? There hath no temptation taken no you. No temptation taken you. But such but as such is common, as is to, common man. to man. But God is but faithful. But God is. Come on, somebody say it. God is what? He's what? He's faithful. He's faithful. He's not going to abandon you. He's not going to walk off and leave you. God is faithful. Tell us about this faithful God. Who will not suffer he you will to not, be tempted. He, he will not, the word is permit. He will not permit you to be tempted. Above that you are able. Well, you understand, you understand that God determines what you go through. God doesn't cause it, but God sets parameters that the devil cannot violate. When the devil came before God and God said, you've been considering my servant Job. The devil said, yeah, 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 but you put a hedge around him. You take that hedge down and he's going to curse you. God said you can touch everything that he has, but you cannot touch him. God put the parameters there and said, devil, you can only go so far. That's it. The devil could not go any farther than what God allowed him to go. Well, Job didn't curse God. And the devil comes back and said, skin for skin. Let me touch his flesh and we'll see what he does. God said, all right. You can touch his flesh, but you can't take his life. God put the parameters. Listen to, listen to me tonight. Everything that comes your way, I'm telling you, God has already put you in the balances. And God has put you on one side, and he's put what the devil wants to do on the other. And if it's too much for you, God says, no way, devil. But the fact that it has come your way says to me that God has already sized you up and God said, yeah, they can make it. Yeah, they can handle this. I'm telling you, God has got faith in you. God has got confidence in you. God knows you can handle what you're going through right now. He will not permit you to be tested above what you're able to handle. Is that what your Bible says? He will not, he will not permit it to happen. 
will not. But what will he do? But will with, but will with that temptation also make also, a way. Wait, also what? Make a way. Also what? Make. Not point out a way or show you a way. We're talking about the author here. He makes a way. He will also make a way to escape. That you may be able to bear it. I'm telling you, when it starts to reach that point that it's too much for you, that's when the author steps in and he writes something into your story and he said, here it is right here. I'm giving you the way out. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I'm preaching to somebody here tonight. I'm, I didn't come here intended to say any of this, but I'm saying it tonight. I feel this tonight. I'm telling you that in all of the twists and turns of life, the author and the finisher is still in control of it all. Hallelujah. He'll make a way. He'll make a way. He will make a way. Well, see, see, you, you need to understand. Get for me, get for me, Philippians. Philippians 1 verse 6. Philippians 1 and 6. You, you, need to, you need to understand. You need to understand that the God we serve, He is the author and what? 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 See, how many times have we started projects that we didn't finish? Oh, I know none of you have ever done that. I have lots of times I got started on something and I didn't finish it a lot of reasons for that a lot of different reasons I bought an old 66 Buick Electra 225 one time I was going to refinish that thing I was going to do something with it got to where I was spending so much money it just wasn't worth it anymore that's right just wasn't worth it because it was just going to be an endless pit for my money. And when I got through, it just wasn't going to be worth anything. I, so I quit. Gave up. Sometimes I get started on things and get distracted. And the distraction keeps me from finishing. Sometimes circumstances change. And the circumstances keep me from finishing. But God is the author and the... The what? The what? See, I'm telling you tonight that God is not a quitter. God doesn't have unforeseen situations that cause him to take his hands off of the project. Even when that project is you and your life... 
God doesn't quit. Philippians 1 and 6, read. Being confident of this very thing. I am confident of this very thing. That he which has begun. That started a good good work work in you. Will perform it. Will do what? Will do what? He'll do what? He's not going to quit. You hear me? God's not going to quit. He's going to perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. In other words, until the trumpet sounds, God's going to keep on working. As long as you let him work, he's going to keep on working. As long as you keep yourself in his hands, God's going to keep on working. He's the author and the finisher of our faith. Somebody needs to tell the devil, God's not finished yet. I know it may look bleak. I know it may look bad, but God's not finished yet. I've said it before, but it bears saying again, there's a reason why God rested on the seventh day. You want to know why God rested? Not because he was tired. Not because he needed to rest. But because everything was finished. There was nothing left to do. He did everything he needed to do in the first six days. And there was nothing left to do. Do you know when God stopped working? When the work was done. Oh, hallelujah. I'm talking, I know, I know I'm talking to somebody here in this service tonight. You need to understand God is not finished. Just because things look bad, God is not finished. Just because you don't understand, you, you need to recognize tonight God's not finished. And he is the author and the finisher. He is going to bring it to pass. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, let's worship the Lord. Come on, let's praise the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, somebody. Reach out to the Lord right now. I'm not worried about getting to my notes tonight. I feel like God's been talking to somebody in this house. Lift up your head. Look up tonight. God has got it all in control. Oh, come on, come on, come on. Hallelujah. Come on. Let's worship him. Let's worship him. Come on, let's worship him. I love you, Jesus. Jesus. 
Get for me Isaiah 57, 15. I'm, I'm, I know you've been standing, and I, 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 I guess I should have told you to sit down. I just didn't know how long I'd be going here. You can sit down anytime you get ready, but I'm just about done, I think. Isaiah 57 and 15, what does he say? For thus saith the Lord. Thus saith the Lord. For thus saith the high and lofty one. The high and lofty one, all right. That inhabited. There, that's what I'm looking for, that what? That inhabited. That, inha that word means that lives in, that dwells in uh -huh. what? Eternity. See, eternity is God's house. That's where God lives. He lives in eternity. Our problem is we, we focus on time. We're looking at time. We are bound by time, but God is not. God's not bound by time. Just ask Joshua when he got down in the middle of that fight and he said the sun's about to go down. God's not bound by time. God brought time to a halt. What about Hezekiah? When he asked God for a sign that God was going to give him 15 years. God rolled time backwards. God's not bound by time. Come on, you need to hear this tonight. Because you're looking at a situation, you say, I've only got so much time. No, no, no. As long as God is in control, time does not matter. God inhabits eternity. So what does eternity involve? Well, eternity involves the past, the present, and the future. You understand all of those are just rooms in God's house. You know, it's not a difficult thing for me to walk from the living room of my house into the kitchen. That's not a, th those are just rooms in the same house. And, and in God's house, there is the past, there's the present, there's the future. And I'm telling you, when you come to an altar and you repent of your sins, you know what God does? He walks out of the room of the present and walks into the room of the past and he gets rid of your past. The Bible said he puts your sin as far from you as the east is from the west. That's a long way. That's a long way. The east from the west. You understand? You know what? He didn't say as far as the north is from the south. And there's a reason why. Because if you take a globe, I've got a globe sitting on my desk. If you take a globe and you put your finger at the north pole, and you start to move it any direction you go, you're going south. If you put your finger at the south pole, any way you go, you're going north. North and south meet. But if you put your finger on the equator of that globe and you start going east, you can go all the way around the globe and you never start going west. You put your finger on the equator and start going west, you go all the way around the globe, you never are going east. North and south meet, but east and west never meet. And he said he takes your sins and he puts them as far from you as the east is from the west. That means you're never going to meet them again. How did he do that? I'll tell you how he did it. He stepped out of the present into the past and dealt with the past. 
Now the same God that is able to step into your past and eradicate it can step into your future and fix it. Before you ever get to tomorrow, God is already there. Before you get to next week, God's already there. Come on, somebody. He inhabits eternity. (laughs) Hallelujah. That's how he can write things into the story of our lives. Because he can just step into tomorrow and put it there. See, those books I talked about, the author had to have that there. That, that bee didn't just appear on that page when you turned the page. The author had already put it in the story. But with God, when God's writing your story, I'm telling you, he can step into your tomorrow. And whatever it is you're needing, he is able to do exceeding abundantly above whatever you ask or think according to the power that worketh in you. There is no problem too hard for God to solve. There is no situation too tough for God to figure out. I'm preaching to somebody here tonight. You need to get your eyes on Jesus, the author and the finisher. Lord, I'm going to let you write this story. I'm going to get the pen out of my hand. I'm going to quit trying to write it the way I want it to be. And I'm going to let you write my story. Oh, let's praise the Lord. Come on, let's praise him. Come on, let's praise him. Come on, let's praise him. Ah, yes, yes, yes. He's still the author and the finisher. He's still the author and the finisher. Oh, praise God. I'm telling you, sitting around this building tonight are people that the world wrote off. People that the world said could never make it. People that the world said you're bound. And it's going to take a 12-step program. Or it's going to take psychological counseling in order for you to get your problems solved. But one day they met up with the author and the finisher. And he wrote the story the way he wanted it to read. And if you're here tonight without the power of the Holy Ghost, God can do the same thing for you. The devil would like to end your story on a down note. The devil would like to end your story as a tragedy. But I'm talking about the author and the finisher who can write victory into any story that he gets his hands on. You haven't gone.
gone too far for my God to rewrite your story. You haven't gone too far for my God to change everything that's going on in your life. Turn your life story over to him. You need to turn it over to him. God, you rewrite this. Lord, you change this. And I'm telling you, he's willing and he's able to do exactly that. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, let's talk to the Lord. Let's talk to the Lord. If you're here without the Holy Ghost tonight, these altars are open right now. You're here going through a struggle. These altars are open. They're for us. They're for the saints as well as the sinner. You came here tonight with a problem. You didn't know how you were going to get it solved. The Lord talked to you tonight. Let him rewrite your story. Let him rewrite your story.
Praise the Lord, everybody. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. this week.